Hey, let's um, uh, talk a little bit about hope, crisis, evil, suffering. Um, we live in a in a fallen world. We live in a chaotic world at the moment, and we we as Christians we serve a supreme the supreme authority of of the universe, which is God. Um, why would such a God, uh, you know, a good God, allow evil to exist in the world? Why? Like, we do see evil everywhere. So why would God allow that to happen if he's, he's supreme and he's a good God? Yeah. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Wow. Um, I think the first thing I would say to anybody that's watching this, especially if you're not a Christian or perhaps you're a Christian that struggles with this, is that this is probably the most difficult objection to Christianity, to yeah. theism in general. So that would be like if there is God that you would call that theism, but to Christianity specifically as well, um, it is such a difficult thing. Um, you know, my, my brother, Andrew and my, and my brother, Andrew, he was my hero. He was my best friend. And, uh, February 3rd at, uh, at midnight, um, he had passed away from cancer after two years of battling with cancer. Wow. And, you know, even us apologists or itinerant speakers, um, we wrestle with these things. There's mm. not an easy answer. Um, yeah. People write these massive books on it. So there's just no way I could cover all of it in, in you know, a few minutes or whatever. But this is how I've kind of thought about it. And I think you need to think about this very seriously as well. And the yeah. reason is, so, so suppose you're an atheist. You see this thing called evil. Well, this, uh, this creates a really interesting problem. And it's not from Christianity specifically. It comes from atheism itself. Like, for instance, Richard Dawkins, uh, who wrote yeah. The God Delusion. He's that famous biology professor from Oxford University. I actually ran into him once in the grocery store when I was in school. And uh, <laughs> it was a fun experience. And, um, <laughs> and well, he will say things like, well, there, if this is a godless universe, an atheistic universe, then there is no such thing as evil. It's just, you're unlucky. There's no rhyme, no reason, no rationale. Wow. It's just DNA dancing to its music. You know, there's nothing more natural than violence. There's nothing more natural than uh, the strong overpowering and destroying the weak. In fact, in wow. one of his books, he says there's no different. If we're just organic matter that's differently arranged, well, there's, what's the difference between trampling on the Lonzo and trampling on some dry leaves? They're just mm. differently arranged collocation of atoms. Yeah. And that's, lots of atheist thinkers think this. And so I, I, as appealing at first as atheism is, when faced with evil and suffering, I don't think it's going to provide the resources and hope that you're looking for and the answers you're looking for. Because, wow. well, if I throw away God, does that resolve the problem of evil and suffering? Wow. And it's, and it's no. Yeah. In fact, I think it makes it worse. It makes it yeah. worse that you can't say that something is evil, objectively evil. Wow. 
because you're taking away these moral categories that are grounded yeah. in God. Yeah. So this is an interesting thing to think about. So like, okay, well, let's suppose there is a God. And, and this is an internal problem for Christians, right? So if it's an internal problem for Christians and we get all of the resources of the Christian worldview to follow, this is how we would defend and, and justify you know, our sort of position. So this is, let me start with the cerebral, the intellectual response, and then I'm going to uh, finish with a heart response because it's probably more so a heart thing than it is a head thing. So uh, the head thing in philosophy, they talk about possible worlds. What possible worlds could God create? Well, it depends what his goal is. And mm. his goal, it seems to be within the Christian worldview, is um, the supreme ethic of love. That love can be meaningfully expressed and experienced in some meaningful sort of way. And it's like, well, okay, well, what are the possible worlds that God could create if he has such a goal in mind? Well, yeah. there is one possible world that God doesn't create anything. Um, no one puts, you know, no one's forcing God to do anything. Yeah. Um, so that's a possibility. Another possibility yeah. is that he creates a world without human beings. Maybe there's just animals and, and different things like that around. Uh, he can create another world where people only choose to do the right thing, that only oh. choose to do what God wants them to do. And and I actually wrestled with this. I'm like, why didn't God just make us like that? Yeah. And the reason is, is, well, that's not really a human being, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That only chooses what God wants. It's We have different words for that, like puppet or robot, <laughs> robot which is programmed. Yeah. To, yeah. to react the way that we want it to react. Well, you can't have a relationship with a robot. If you yeah. uh, think that that's false, you need to go and watch some Black Mirror or something on, on Netflix, and you'll yeah, yeah. learn in a hurry you can't have an authentic relationship with a robot. And so the, thir the fourth possible world is that God creates these beings with significant moral free will. Now, with yeah. that sort of autonomy, with that sort of freedom comes the possibility of evil and suffering occurring because they have the possibility of re rebelling against God and what he wants them to do. And wow. in, within the Christian worldview, that's exactly the genesis of it is that God created human beings to cultivate the environment, to flourish, to create more beauty and so on and so forth. And they rebelled against God and therefore ushered in things like evil and suffering and sin and so on. Now, that's the intellectual side. And why would God do that? Because, you know, God wants to have a relationship with you, a meaningful one. So mm. that's the intellectual side. I think that God is perfectly within his rights to create such a world. Um, and some people would say, well, you know, like, isn't that too high of a price to pay? And my response to that would be, what if God, and think about this very closely, mm. what if God allowed certain things like that to happen because he wanted you? Wow. In this world. Wow. That there was no other possible way for him to get you. And wow. he wanted you. And he wanted you to know him and to have this loving relationship with him. Now, I think that I, for a limited time to allow things like evil and suffering, on the back of which we're going to have eternal joy and pleasure in knowing God meaningfully then i think that god has the resources to compensate us for this yeah. limited time of evil and suffering and to swamp wow. whatever sorts of hurts we have with his infinite joy wow 
So that's the, so here's the hard thing. Let me just say this very, very quickly. And uh, because I don't want to um, take up too much time. Mm. Here's, here's what I think. I was, um, I was recently in, uh, and forgive me if you've heard this story before, bro, but recently I was in our, um, in our office building before the quarantine time. And uh, during that during that time, we had this art exhibit. It was actually for for this right here. It's something called Beautiful, and this is where uh, RZIM went into um, India, where they have um, eight thousand bridal burnings per year. Wow! These bridal burnings are a result of uh, domestic violence, um, home accidents, as well as if the bride's family cannot pay the 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 dowry amount then oftentimes the, the groom's family will essentially take either a boiling liquid or wow. kerosene, throw it on these poor ladies, and with the kerosene scenario, light a match and light them ablaze. Wow. Just let them burn. And so this is horrific. And so ours yeah. at AM has this humanitarian arm called Wellspring International, and they went in to help counsel and support these women. Well, mm. while they were doing that, there was an artist that went in with them and wanted to capture these women. And as they're sharing the gospel with them, they're painting their portraits and showing how beautiful they are, that no matter how marred the outside is, yeah. in the sight of God, you are beautiful, no matter wow. what anyone says, no matter what the world says. So they capture it. So one day, this gentleman comes in. He's a non-Christian guy. His name is Naweed. Naweed comes in and he wants to look at all of the paintings, eh? And so he's looking around and I'm giving him a tour, explaining all of these things. And we get to the corner and in the corner, there's this picture of a group of these brave women and they're together and they're laughing. And Naweed says to me, he says, Alonso, do these women live in a community together? And I said, Naweed, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they do or not, uh, but why do you ask? And he says to me, I suspect they do. Now, listen to this. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget yeah, this. Yeah. He says, I suspect they do because it is only those with scars that can possibly understand the scars of others. Wow. Only wow. those with scars could possibly understand the scars of others. Yeah. I said, now, we, you and I come from a completely different worldview, completely different religious view of the world. The good news, the good news of Christianity is not only do we have this hope in the end that God will compensate us with his joy and his presence, but we also have at the center of our gospel, a scarred God. Wow. No religion has this. No other worldview has this. Yeah. That at the center, you have this scarred God who did not have to come, but chose to come out of love. Wow. To suffer alongside us and to get his hands dirty, to take the sin and the yuck of this world onto his own shoulders. So mm. I may not know exactly why your suffering is going on or why any particular evil is occurring, but I know this. God doesn't allow these things because he doesn't care. Yeah. Because if God didn't care, he would not have come wow. and become the scarred God. Yeah. Now, as I was walking Naweed out of the building or office, I said, Naweed, man, that's a great name. What's, what's that mean? <laughs> 
And he says to me, oh, it's Arabic. I said, what, what's it Arabic for? And he says, it's Arabic for good news. Wow. That's good. And I said, Naweed, this is the good news of, of Christianity, the scarred God and the hope and the meaning that he provides all of us that have scars. Wow. That so be my, the beginning oh. of my answer. You got to check out Why Suffering by Ravi Zacharias and Vince Vitale. Those are my bosses, as yeah. well as a, um, a scientist from uh, Cambridge University. Uh, her name is Dr. Sharon Dirks. She's on our Oxford team, and she wrote wow. a book simply entitled Why. And these two books were so, so helpful for me as I was walking through suffering myself. Wow. And um, yeah, so I would but suggest I, I, that I too. love your perspective. I love your perspective on that and how um, we can, God relates to us because he's being um, scarred as well. I love it. Yeah, Loza, I've got I've got one final question here for you. I know you um, you got some stuff to do, and um, and we we do have lots of questions, but we couldn't get through all of them. But I, I want to understand a little bit. You know, we talked about how God can relate to us um, uh, with that. Uh, you know, crisis, suffering, and, and evil, uh, and we understand that the world is a fallen world. It's got, it's a chaotic place where things are really shaking, unstable. Um, how can someone find hope in times of crisis and chaos? How how do we do that? How do we how can we find? I think you touched a little bit on it um, with some of your answers. So how can someone find hope in the midst of all the crisis that's happening in the world right now? Yeah, um, again, a wonderful question for whoever submitted it. Um, I think there's two ways that I would begin to think about it. Um, and the first way would be this. We're talking about Jesus Christ and the cross. That's what I mean by the scarred God. And the hope that's provided in him is because of his resurrection. Wow. Now, this is critical. This is critical because this is ultimately the, the hope of Christianity is a resurrected shaped hope. It's yeah. what the apostle Peter calls a living hope in first Peter uh, one, three. And the reason why this is so significant is this. So as Dr. Victor Frankl identified earlier on that all of our hopes have this fragility to them. And as you and I were discussing that ultimately atheism doesn't have any ultimate hopes. It doesn't claim to be yeah. uh, a, a worldview that has an ultimate hope because it recognizes that once you die, everything is over. Yeah. Right. And and eventually the universe will be likewise. So whatever you build, no matter how magnificent it could be uh, uh, music that you produce or a book that you write or, um, you know, fame and riches and so on and so forth. Ultimately, the ultimate tyrant to all hope is death. Death oh. is the ultimate tyrant. So this is yes, this is it interesting. is this is wow. interesting. So. Um, it's good, man. I, I like good. movies. I like movies. Okay, and one of one of my favorite movies is um, is a movie called Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Endgame. And uh, you, everyone's probably watched it. And yeah. just you know, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched the last Avengers movie, like the five other billion of us that have, I'm so sorry if I'm going to spoil <laughs> it for you. I'm just joking, uh, but I am going to spoil it. Um, the ultimate villain 
in the movie is Thanos. And so all of he's he he's the the supervillain, you know, the yeah. the the whole meta narrative of the Marvel universe is all directed towards him. This he's climactic in that sense. And Thanos is a really interesting character. Uh, his name is actually derived from a Greek term. It's found in the New Testament. And that Greek term is Thanatos, which means, wow. literally, means death. Anytime wow. you see death in, you know, in Paul's letters and so on, it's the word Thanatos. And wherever Thanatos is, destruction follows. So he's on the brink of victory in this last movie. All he has to do is put on this gauntlet. And then it's all over. This is a bad thing because this gauntlet is an infinity gauntlet. It can do whatever the the whatever desire the wearer has. It has the raw power to be able to execute whatever that wearer desires. And so this is really bad if Thanos gets it because all he desires is destruction. It's interesting his last phrase on the battlefield. Everyone is, all of the heroes are nearly beaten. We're thinking he's about to win. He's, about, he's literally slipping on the glove. And he says one phrase. And he says, I am inevitable. What does wow. that mean? I, the ultimate enemy, death, am inevitable. But there's one more person on the field, isn't there? Beaten and bruised, there's the Iron Man. <laughs> and as he is slipping on the glove, the Iron Man races towards him, grabs the glove, and puts it on himself, absorbing all of its destructive power at the cost of his own life. Wow. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that Christ on the cross absorbed that destructive power of sin, death, and the grave. Wow. Wow. The story doesn't end there. For Iron Man was not Jesus. Jesus on the cross. So if death is the destroyer of our hopes, then the resurrection means this. Jesus becomes the great destroyer of that which destroys hope. Wow. Wow. Jesus becomes the great destroyer of that which destroys hope because he defeats the ultimate enemy. Yeah. By raising from the grave. And I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it explains this in depth, that Jesus is the first fruit. And this is significant. First fruit in an ancient Israel, uh, ancient culture would mean that you would pick these fr- uh, fruits first. And what that would mean is that the f- other fruit is bound to come. It means it's a good harvest. If I get this stuff, if this appears, if this appears, all the rest will follow. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a guarantee of everything to follow. Jesus Christ is that first fruit. And our hope is that since he defeated death, the ultimate enemy of hope, that our resurrection will follow, that our hopes will ultimately manifest. Wow. And death will not be the end, but we will be raised up as Christ was raised up. 
that if God could do in Christ, then he can do it to all. That's, and as you think about that, as you integrate that into your character, for the past 2,000 years of the church's history, it has made some of the most courageous people that you can possibly think of. And in a world where we need courage continually, we Christians continually come to the cross and look at the resurrection to glean courage. That death is not the end. If you're an atheistic worldview, if that's true, then death is the end. And there are lots of reasons to be in despair. But if Jesus is who he is, and he did rise from the grave, and there's lots of good reasons and evidences for that, then ultimately that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is so powerful. I love Man, Alonzo, this has been an incredible 40... (laughs) Actually, it's been almost one hour already. And uh, <laughs> the time we, went by quick on my end. By quickly, yeah. And, and <laughs> man, I'm just so uh, grateful for everything that you shared today. I must say, as you are sharing, I'm just processing everything myself and just thinking, wow, what a hope. What Can a I tell hope. you this? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This is what this means. This is what this means. Resurrection can mean all of these philosophical, theological sorts of truths, which are which are great, and we need these. But you know what resurrection means to me in terms of my meaning and hope and, and things? It yeah. means I'll see Andrew again. Wow. Resurrection means Andrew to me, my brother. Yeah. That is incredible hope, an incredible yeah. resource for hope, for anyone wow. that's feeling like, Hey man, I'm 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 not feeling hope. And and just in a practical sense, I think us Christians, what we're honor bound to do is to love one another as he loved us. Yeah. Which means that we go out and share this hope. So I'm so sorry, Mr. or Mrs. Atheists that are, are that are watching and you get all of these Christians telling trying to tell you about Jesus. It's because mm. the rationale is this: I have this hope. And I want to share it to you. I want to give you the dignity and honor of making the decision intelligently for yourself. And you can, besides the intelligent component of all of the reasons and evidences for for Jesus and his resurrection, Christians Mm -hmm. feel compelled to share because of the joy and courage that they've gleaned from the resurrection of Jesus. And they want to share that with you. And Christianity is something that's testable. Yeah. It, it, it's not something like you can take God at his word. He says, if you confess, if you confess that you're a sinner, you've made lots of bad things, you know, lots of mistakes. You, yeah, you've been victimized, but you've victimized other people. You've hurt other people. If you confess yeah. and acknowledge that you've fallen short of everything uh, of God's standard, and say, Jesus, I want you to rescue me from the yuck that's in my heart. I want you wow. to free it. I want you to free wow. the sin and yuck that are in my own heart. And I want you to give me a, this new life you talk about, this joy that these Christians keep raving about, you know, and this love. And, and I know Jesus and I know God, you know, like I, if you're really real, then I want you to make that real in my life. I want to know the peace of God. I want to know your forgiveness. I want to know your love. Well, you can test that. You can test that right now. You can say, God, 
I don't know if there is a God, but I want to know this forgiveness. I want to know this peace. I want to know this love. And you can test it for yourself. And two for 2000 years under some of the most horrific circumstances, Christians have put God to the test in that sense, have tested his claims and found him to be true. Wow. That's an exciting possibility, isn't it? Wow. This is amazing. Um, uh, Alonso, I'd love to, if if possible, I'd love for you to pray uh, uh, for us as we finish this off. I do, I'm just feeling inspired. Um, Once again, I love hearing different perspectives on on Christianity and 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 it's just something just came alive in me something fresh as I'm as I'm just listening to you to be honest I'm just oh. reflecting here and for the people that are listening that are you know they can be right now they are perhaps in a process of getting to know God perhaps they don't believe God or perhaps they already know God would you pray for those who uh um who are first they they want to encounter God and um and they can ask God at any time to you know to come and 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 abide with them and 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 they can meet this hope that we have and for those who uh who believe in God and they uh, they want to know more if you can pray for them as well and for those who already know God uh, you know we are doing it, uh, our Christian life well but I, I believe that God always has different installments of, of you know, it's just there is new levels of understanding that takes you to a new dimension in your in your belief in God. So I want yeah. to pray for that as well. Would you mind sure. doing that for us as we finish? Yeah, this absolutely. And um, just thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to uh, a couple of guys just talking about hope and, you know, some of the stuff we see in our world and some tough questions. And we just really appreciate you guys taking the time and we just want to honor you in that. And yeah. uh, let me just pray. So I'm going to say the two prayers and uh, and then we'll we'll close it out. And let me just do one shameless plug. If, if you're somebody yeah. that's really struggling with some of the coronavirus realities, um, someone that taught me a lot of the Bible back in Oxford uh, his name is Professor John Lennox. He's a professor of mathematics at the University of Oxford. And he wrote a book recently, uh, just came out two weeks ago, on mm-hmm. where is God in a coronavirus world. And I would encourage you to pick that up. It's in 20 plus languages. And I think you're going to find something there that will really help you. And make sure you take wow. out some Christian for a meal. Tell them yeah. they got to pay because you have questions. And the you yeah, Christians, you're honor bound. You're <laughs> yeah. honor bound to go and take them out somewhere nice, you know, yeah, for yeah, a nice yeah. meal. Not McDonald's. They treat them well <laughs> and, uh, and, and ask your questions uh, to that Christian and, and, uh, and hear what they have to say. So let me just pray. Let me just pray wow. for us. Uh, Father God, mm. I'm just praying now for the perspective of somebody that doesn't know you and you can just repeat this in your heart if, if that's you. If, if you're that person um, that's just saying, you know, I want to know this Christian God. I've, I've heard lots mm-hmm. of people talking about him. I've been thinking about really deep things recently. And I, as you were talking about the sin and yuck in someone's heart, mm-hmm. there's sin and yuck in mine, if I'm to be 100% honest. And I wouldn't want to go and face God with that sin and yuck in my, in my heart. I want to get it out. I, I want his forgiveness. I want to know that peace from him. And I want to know that love. 
I want to know that he's real. Mm. If that's you, then I want to pray this prayer for you. And you can just repeat it after me. God, please free my heart from the sin and yuck that is on the inside. Make me your son or daughter. Make me this new creation. Make me into the person that I was always meant to be, but I've never been able to be it. I want to know you. I want to know your peace deep on the inside. I need peace. I'm full of anxiety. I'm full of worry. Maybe, Lord, if I'm to be honest, I'm a bit sad. I'm a bit depressed. I pray, God, that you would just take these things from me. I'd give them to you at your cross. Mm. Jesus died for me for the forgiveness of my sins. Mm. I want to know your love, God. Because so many times I haven't felt love. In fact, maybe I don't even love myself. Help me, Lord. Love me. Convince me you love me. Help me to see the cross and that great act of, of love for me. I just bow my knee right now and say, you are my savior. You are my God. Yeah. And today, I'm committed to following you. I'm a Christian today. I'm a follower of Jesus today. Thank you. Thank you for coming into my life and bring good Christians into my life too. In Jesus' name, amen. And let me just say a prayer for, for everyone else. Father in heaven, I pray for everyone else listening, especially those who are just worried about um, maybe their friends have been affected directly by the coronavirus. Maybe their family has been directly affected by coronavirus. Lord, there's so much things on so many of our minds. Mm-hmm. I pray, Lord, that you would give them your peace, that you would show them ways that they could serve others during this time safely, but charitably. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to them from your word into their hearts mm-hmm. and show them what they need to be doing right now and in the season to come. I pray that you bless them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Man, this has been an incredible uh, um, chat with Alonzo Paul from Canada, an itinerant speaker for Travis the Christ International Ministry. Man, so glad uh, to have you here. And man, blessings to you, to your wife, uh, to all your team over there. I can't wait Thank to you. perhaps be back there and visit you, eat some Brazilian barbecue. Come on, somebody. You're welcome to come, bro. You're welcome to come. I love you me a good Brazilian barbecue. You, you gotta come to New Zealand, man. By the way, you know the end of the the end the ends of the world. You gotta you gotta preach here some somewhere. Everyone, everyone watching, tell him to invite me and get Equippers Church to invite me, and I'll rock up with my. My buddies and we'll come and we'll do talks come and Q and A sessions and all that kind of fun stuff. We'll we, we'll definitely do that at some point. 
Hey, Yolanda, awesome. thank you so much. Uh, you're an incredible man. I really do appreciate your friendship, your, the way you inspire me to go high in God, the way you challenges me to, um, to, you know, to grow as a person. I love it. And man, I will see you next time, my friend. And I hope you have an incredible time. I don't know how cold it is in Canada right now. It's warm today. It's is warm it? today. <laughs> yeah. That's good. God bless yeah. you, my bro. Uh, and I'll see you around, eh? God bless you too. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll see you guys next time.